0: Welcome to Naked and Raw. Hey everybody, this is Stormy. And this is the Jungle King. This is Naked and Raw, where we take your favorite songs and we break them down to the most Naked and Raw tracks. We'll dissect and explore some of the best music out there. So join us now as we find the hidden treasures between the tracks on Naked and Raw. Alright, hey everybody, welcome back to another Naked and Raw. I am the Jungle King. And I'm Stormy. And this season we're going to bring you more of the greatest classic rock. We're going to dissect it right here before your very ears, and we're going to open up with one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. Since last season, we've we've heard from you, uh, we've taken some of your suggestions, and we really like them. Thank you so much for your feedback. Feel free to keep on feeding back. Um, one of the suggestions was, "Who are you guys? Why are you qualified to tell us about rock and roll?" Well, we are qualified, um, and if you want to know who we are, all you got to do is go to the site where you got this podcast and take a look at our bio that's the best way to tell that way we don't have to tell you about us every single week now let's talk about the band Aerosmith we're going to make this a two-parter we're going to play some old Aerosmith and we're going to play some new Aerosmith but we're going to start with the old classic Aerosmith track Sweet Emotion from which album? Toys in the Attic Yes. Sweet Emotion is sometimes called Aerosmith's signature song it was recorded March seventy-five. That's right. It was their third album. It was put out on Columbia Records and produced by. Jack uh, Douglas. Jack Douglas. And engineered by Jay Messina, who has also played the bass marimba. <laughs> we don't know Maybe. what that is. Uh, you'll hear it. We're going to hear this thing. It sounds like a marimba. I don't know what it is. Uh, I think, personally, it's a tone drum, but when you hear it, you'll be able to decide. So we're going to break this song down by tracks. And we'll talk a little bit. Let's listen to the whole thing in its entirety. Not, in its, We're not going to listen to the entire song, but just all the tracks pieced together right now. Just so you can hear the band in its cohesiveness. And this is the original lineup and the current lineup of the band. So we've got Joey Kramer on drums. We've got Tom Hamilton on bass. We've got two guitarists. Brad Whitford, play, Whitford plays uh, He plays rhythm, but he also plays a lot of leads. You got Joe Perry playing lead on this one with the talk box guitar and of course Steven Tyler oh, doing all the same. Definitely one of their biggest hits. Super iconic. And we're hearing the talk box. Just yeah, that thing on his guitar. Bag. We're gonna solo that. The bag, yeah. Okay, so in March of 75, this is the Pride of Boston, made their way down to New York City to the record plant where they pumped out the album Toys in the Attic. And this song was a last-minute addition. They were hanging out in the studio, and uh, the, the producer, Jack Douglas, said, Hey, does anybody have any riffs or anything? We need a couple more songs on the album. And the bass player, Tom Hamilton, said, yeah, yeah, I have this one I've been working on. So here's Tom's riff. This is what you heard. So Tom came up with that on the bass. And the rest of the band just kind of jammed along with it. And that's how they came up with this song. So Tom basically came up with the entire song. And then Stephen came in and wrote some lyrics to it. What can you tell us about the lyrics to this song, Stormy? Well, there's a few things that are rumored to be, uh, first of all, the lyrics might reflect the growing feuds between the band members' wives, including a so-called spilt milk incident (laughs) where Joe Perry's first wife, Elisa Jarrett, threw milk over at Tom Hamilton's wife, Terry, (laughs) <laughs> terry hamilton and um that was a beginning of a serious split in aerosmith actually they, yeah they they were having a lot of trouble with drugs and alcohol and they were really struggling um just the toxic to, twins yeah well it was precisely between mainly between steven and joe um and their wives um Steven and his wife or girlfriend at the time showed up at Joe's hotel room with his wife. They needed some heroin. Joe wasn't going to share. And Steven went and wrote some of the lyrics to this song. Wearing all the things that nobody wears. Saying all the... What is it? I don't know. I can't. We'll listen to him in a minute. but But a lot of these lyrics were just a direct insult to Joe Perry and his inability to share his good drugs. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a pretty intense uh, bass line if you listen to it. It's not real clean, kind of sloppy and grimy, or gritty. It's got a great sound, though. And then that iconic opening riff right there, back to that okay and that brings us to the guitars Now we started talking about the talk box and the talk box um, the one I'm familiar with was put out by Heil sound and it's just, basically it's a it's a speaker driver built into a little box and you plug your guitar into it and it pushes the sound out of this little speaker driver and then there's a plastic hose and the sound comes through the hose all the way up to your mouth the tube goes in your mouth and then you put the tube next to a microphone so that when you shape your mouth, you can shape the sound of the guitars to the shape of your mouth. So what he's doing is speaking, and there's a number of tracks of him using it. It's probably three guitar tracks using this talk box, which, what was it called back then? The Bag. They called it The Bag. By Custom Electronics. Right. No longer Uh-oh. available. Okay. So, we get a little, so you can hear him actually moving his mouth around. They pan them left and right, emotion. you can actually hear him say the word sweet emotion, this is all underneath that bass line, and then it kicks into the song and then there's no guitar for this whole part of the song, it's just this, the bass. So the bass will carry this part all the way up and ahead. I'm going to go ahead and drop the bass out, and we're going to hear the guitar come back in. Joe Perry was playing his uh, Les Paul. The Gibson Les Paul was the big you know, electric guitar that a lot of guys played during the mid 70s it had a much rounder fuller sound than the fender guitars that were big in the 60s and late late 60s era okay i'm gonna jump ahead to the guitar solo if maybe somewhere around here oh wait now isn't that interesting it just breaks down to one clean version that's panned just to the left in. So I suspect we're listening to both guitarists right now. All right, I want you to hear some of Joe's uh, slide work. Oh, I love slide work. He does a little bit of slide guitar, it's one of the things he's known for. And it's coming up at some point, I swear it. This hit number 36 on the Billboard Hot 100. So I expected it to go higher than that. Well, and the the day it did, Aerosmith was booked at a gig in New York City. Yeah. And this was July 19th, 1975. Wow. So they recorded in March and it was already released by July? Oh, it was released as a single actually on May 19th. Nice. But in July they had a gig when it hit number thirty six. And yes, so for their Recorded singers. in March out on the radio by May. Yeah. And then for the signature song, I agree. I thought it would be higher. Okay, oh, here's that? this That was talk box guitar. <laughs> So no slide yet, just lots of bends. by this point it will have already faded out so what you're hearing now is stuff that's never been heard and a tag that they used in the studio okay now the fun part what we did is we rolled all of the percussion so the drums uh, a shaker and that bass marimba slash tone drum into one track with the vocal so you're going to hear all of those together right now from the very beginning listen but you never noticed that tone drum before, or tongue drum, or marimba, or whatever they're whatever calling Whatever the hell it. that is. <laughs> I know in the live version, Steven Tyler plays a salt, a little salt packet, a sugar packet for a shaker. That's, and then he does a vibra slap that. And then Joey Kramer comes in on drums. Pop! Steven did most of his own backup harmonies. Now, this is some interesting stuff because what they did is they did some backtracking, which was very popular in the 60s and 70s. Basically what they would do, turn this down just a little bit, they would flip the reel over and then on a specific track, they would record a cymbal, just a pshh, pshh, pshh. And then you reverse it back and play it back. It sounds like shh. There it is. And there's some talking so we went back and we we actually had flipped around some of the little background talking just because we wanted to see if what was being said mostly just like yeah you know dude. dude one guy said dude it sounded like Joe Perry but then there was this one where we heard something we weren't sure what we heard and after doing a little research online, it sound, what was being said was "fu Frank." They were talking to the producer. Um, <laughs> although Frank thinks it's "thank you, Frank," but it's not "thank you." It's "fu." But I have the producer as Jack Douglas. <laughs> oh, that's right. Sorry, not. It was uh, their manager, ah, okay. who had actually been diagnosed with cancer, and so he sold their rights off, and that's why they weren't happy with him. Ah, no wonder. Another handler a pair of guys that they didn't have a choice in would handled them after this. They were not easy to handle. No, not the top. They were the guys, guys that showed up and trashed hotel rooms and it was hard to sell that. Listen to that. there's a triangle. That was a great production choice. Anytime you want a little shimmer, some high end, grabs people's attention. Throwing a little triangle, it's perfect. And Steven Tyler is also a drummer, so a lot of times he would just grab things and start playing them. Okay, let's throw this song back together for the ending so you can hear this ending chords in the studio. Here's the guitars. And the bass jumping in. This is one of my favorite parts. Me too. Da-da-da-da-da. Let's drop out the drums just bass and guitar. Bring the drums back in. So when you hear this riff, this iconic riff that's usually right at the fade out, You hear it once, and then on the second one, normally right here, that's where the track fades and you don't hear what happens after that. Well, right now you're going to hear how they ended it in the studio as a band. Check this out. So cool. Wow, that's a way different feel. So different feel. Yeah. They never used that on the, on the album. So there you go. That's the first time you got to hear it. So thank you for joining us on Naked and Raw. Can't wait to do the next uh, episode Aerosmith. because we're going to do Aerosmith again. Only we're going to do some modern, overproduced Aerosmith. You know, their, their sound kind of changed over the years as they matured. And I can't wait to show you the next song. So join us for the next Naked and Raw yeah.